Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Walt Disney Theater. Who knows where a dream might lead? One wish may be all you need. A special attraction. We call it the Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 268 for the week of April 1st, 2012. The Disney Fantasy, the newest ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, sailed on her maiden voyage on March 31st, 2012, but I had an opportunity to cruise aboard this amazing ship just a few days ago. So this week, I'm going to bring you a detailed look at and review of the Disney Fantasy. We'll look at specifically what sets her apart from her sister ship, the Disney Dream, including some changes, enhancements, and additions. We'll explore everything from dining to technology to family entertainment, adult areas, and much more. I'll then have the answer and winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, and then I'll pose a new one for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll announce the details of our next WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, hint to why you should tune in next week, and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. On March 31st, the fourth and newest ship in the Disney Cruise Line fleet, the Disney Fantasy, will make its maiden voyage. And after coming over from Germany and making a quick stop in New York City, she has actually made a couple of voyages in the past week to get the cast and the crew ready. And I was fortunate enough to have been invited by Disney on one of those inaugural cruises in order to get a chance to do a little research and, uh, and really explore the Disney Fantasy. Much like its sister ship, the Disney Dream, the Disney Fantasy lives up to its name, and fantasies really do come true on a ship that is even more special and spectacular than its sister. And as often when I travel, I am accompanied by my travel partner. Uh, and of course, my travel partner, in many ways more than one, is of course Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. We both just got off the Disney Fantasy, so I thought it'd be great to have her come on and recap not everything about the ship, because I'm going to refer you guys back to our review of the Disney Dream, but we're going to talk about some of the differences, some of the changes, some of the maybe enhancements that we found on the, on the fantasy. So, Becky, it seemed like yesterday, because <laughs> it was. It kind of was. It kind of was. Well, thank you for including me on this wonderful conversation, and it's kind of like your travel partner, your partner in travel crime. I'm afraid to keep embellishing on that, so 
Let's just it's on. travel, dining. It's it's all <laughs> they all encompass uh, one the same. But we uh, we had very similar experiences. We were both on again the uh, the Disney Dreams inaugural cruises. We went on our maiden voyage. You're going on the maiden voyage of the Fantasy again on Saturday. But we were we just got off the the same cruise uh, just a few days ago, and. I wanted to talk about some of those differences, specifically about different things like dining, entertainment, family areas, adult areas as well, some of the things they've added to the cruise line as well. But I think that we both got a, a similar sense. When you see the ship from the outside, she is, of course, majestic like the dream. When you pull into Port Canaveral, uh, clearly you, you get that sense of anticipation and excitement. But when you walk into the atrium, you immediately get a different feeling. Again, it's very rich, it's very warm, it's very inviting. But the Disney Dream was much more of an Art Deco styling, and you have much more of an Art Nouveau styling. Now, I know you have no idea what I mean by that, but you saw the peacock on the floor <laughs> and the different color palette. The, the lighter colors, yeah, you, you definitely do get a little bit of that that lighter color palette, and and the the peacock theme is uh, is definitely there when you first walk in into the um, when you first board the ship. So you do have the lighter palette than you do on the Dream, which yes, I do know what Art Deco is, by the way. And you do still see a little bit of Art Deco on board the Fantasy. And I, I think somebody had mentioned that it was um, a Buena Vista Theater in, in particular really does still ha have that style. But I heard somebody explain the differences between the two. It's like having uh, two twin um, children and one has a different personality and a little bit different even though they might look exactly alike. Uh, it was a great way to put it actually. And let, let me be clear, when we say sort of a peacock theme, it's not like you walk in and there are peacocks everywhere, but you could see, uh, again, the color palette is very much about greens and pinks and gold. It's very bright, very, very vibrant colors, but there are sort of peacock-like elements in the carpet. You can certainly see it in the, the incredible chandelier that greets you in the atrium. I mean, it literally, is, it's breathtaking. Similar again in, in layout, but very different in style from the dream. Yeah, absolutely, and and that is it like little nods to to the peacock feathers uh, throughout the ship that I kind of noticed. So I think they've done a really good job setting it apart, but yet still maintaining that um, that dream class. And that's one of the things that I, I love. And this was you know we talk about Michael Eisner, and this was as a Michael Eisner choice to make these the ships of the Disney Cruise Line really harken back to that golden age. You feel as though it was that golden age of cruising from the 30th. So it is very refined, it is very elegant, certainly with a sense of whimsy and fun that you get you know, with the Disney elements in there. Um, but yeah, like we said, even that, that incredible, the, the stained glass and the crystal chandeliers, I mean, you really get a sense that it's not it's not a Mickey Mouse ship, right. but it's an elegant Disney cruise. They've definitely carried over that same elegant style that you saw in the 30s and 40s, in that golden age of cruising that a lot of people talk about when they talk about the design of the Disney ships, or the later Disney ships especially. And uh, it was very apparent when you first pull up to the port and you see this huge massive ship and the, the striking colors on the outside. Of course, Disney is still the only one that went for a special okay to get the, the lifeboats, the, the Mickey yellow color, and you can definitely tell. And one thing, and I know that I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but when we were lucky enough to see the Disney dream pass her sister, the, the Disney fantasy at night, and I think the captain had mentioned, well, you're going to look on the horizon, you're going to see several ships, but you're definitely going to know the Disney ship. Boy, you 
could see that red and that blue and you could see it that yes that was the Disney ship and the fireworks that they were launching from uh, on the, the top deck was a pretty good indicator as well but going back real quickly into the lobby one of the things that distinguishes all the ships are uh, the the statues in the center of the lobby the dream had Admiral Donald and the Fantasy's statue is Mademoiselle Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and she really does give a sense that she was inspired by that golden age of cruising. You get that very 20s, 30s sense of her. She's got a parasol and she's got uh, a steamer trunks with her, and she's beautiful like the ship. She is beautiful and she was refined and she's whimsical and she's elegant. Yeah, it's like a, a, a Mickey version of, okay, I'm going to hate to say, but the don't think about the ship when I say this, but when you think about the movie Titanic and they're walking Wait, out of the ship, again, I just said, don't think about the ship name itself, but when you think about the movie, when they're all, the first class folks are walking on board and they're all dressed to the nines and they have people that are carrying steamer trunks for them, that's what I thought of when I was there. And that's how you're greeted. You walk into that atrium and it is lined with everyone in their formal white and they say, the Becky Bankin party. <laughs> so you really get uh, that first class treatment, whether you are in the you know Walton Roy suite like Becky, or if you're in steerage like the Mangello. <laughs> you do, and it's really cool, especially for a family who's been there for their very first visit. It feels so warm and welcoming when they kind of look in there like, okay, what is the name of your family? And you're not exactly sure what they're going to do with that information. And all of a sudden they announce it throughout the entire ship and the crew is, is clapping for you. It really is a, a great way to start your, your cruise vacation. Yeah, it's not an, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Mankin, come with us. You, There's a slight mistake, you're not coming on board. <laughs> but before I, we, we sort of, again, highlight the differences between the dream and the fantasy, let's talk about some of the things that are similar. Some of the things that really are kind of the hallmark of Disney cruising because that is what is one of the things that makes the ship attractive. Now again, one of the major differences obviously is the duration. But let's talk about some of the similarities in the ship. And I think when the dream was first announced, not only was it much larger, much grander, but you know, I guess it's one or two words. I still think it's one word, but I call it two, that stuck in everybody's mind. You're looking at me, you have like you have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Because you've never seen it before, Aqua Duck. Oh. The Aqua Duck, the first water coaster at sea, 765 feet long, going over the side of the ship, and you can look down on the ocean on Castaway Key. Um, it is a fun, incredible theme park-like experience on board the ship. Uh, it's once again present on the Disney Fantasy. It's enhanced even a little bit by something else that we'll get to later on. But again, one of those hallmarks that people were certainly looking for. And it's so cool. I, I have not been on it myself. You can speak not of the aqueduct until you've actually gone on Well, it. I can actually talk about being underneath and just seeing the families and seeing the, um, seeing the, the, the people on the raft that are floating above you and looking down and the smiles and the laughter. It looks like a, a great time. But just when you're standing there and oh, especially at Castaway Key, when you look up and you see the part that goes out over the edge of the ship, that's, yeah, terrifying. But <laughs> it's not terrifying. It's exhilarating. It's fun. It's not super fast. You have fun getting wet. It um, looks great. Listen, everybody can scream like a seven-year-old girl, much like I do. And at night, like a lot of theme park attractions, completely different enhanced experience. A lot of people ask, one of the first things they ask about the Aqueduct is, is there a fast pass? 
<laughs> so that does kind of um, tie right into your, your theme park scenario. But no, there's not a fast pass. But yes, there probably should be because it's very popular. My first question is, is there a height limit and do I make it? Which, I, there, <laughs> yes, there are. There's a height, there are actually two height limits. There's a height requirement if you want to ride alone, a height requirement if you want to go with an adult. So I've gone by myself. I've gone with other adults. I've gone with my kids. Uh, and it's uh, a truly amazing experience. But again, too, we're talking about sort of hallmarks. We're talking about things that are what separates Disney from any other brand, any other cruise line specifically. Certainly it's family fun, family entertainment, the opportunities for things for families to do together. And again, we'll talk about how there's also areas for kids and adults, too. But um, Disney, again, being on the, the cutting edge of and being an innovator, breaks out... Um, spaces for all different age groups. So you have the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab for kids who are ages uh, 3 to 12. The Edge, a, a club just for tweens, people who are 11 to 13, which my daughter will never be. She's just going to skip right to 27. <laughs> um, Vibe is for kids ages 14 to 17. And adults too, notwithstanding Europa District at night, but places like the Adult Pool and Cove Cafe gives adults uh, a place that they can go, not necessarily to be away from the family, but to spend that kind of quality time either together. And kids have a sense of ownership of a space that mom and dad literally cannot have access to. Again, Ocean's Club and Lab, different stories, but for the teens and tweens, Edge and Vibe are for them alone. Yeah, and that's a great idea, obviously, because teens sometimes want to be with their families, teens sometimes want to be together, and it's kind of neat for them to have their own spaces, especially for, you know, other folks that kind of don't want to be around the teens and don't want to be around the kids. You do have that, that opportunity to have a great vacation with your spouse, and your kids are going to have a great vacation as well with people of their own ages. And what, again, I sort of, I keep talking about the cruises in terms of a theme park-like experience, because for a lot of people, that's what they are thinking. How can Disney bring the theme park-like experience there without it being filled with roller coasters and, and attractions and things like that? And even in the clubs, they have experiences where there are tours and quests and games and interactive players, especially Oceaneers Lab, Oceaneers Club, where you've got uh, the... Uh, Andy's room, you've got the Monsters, Inc. play area, the Oceaneers Lab, uh, a sort of a, a miniature version of Pixie Hollow, and certainly Oceaneers Lab, where they have the interactive play floor and TVs and games and a turtle talk with Crush and Stitch-like experience. Uh, they very much sort of marry that technology and family kind of entertainment in every aspect of the ship, especially in those specific areas. Right, and not just there. You look in the interactive games like the Enchanted Artwork and, of course, the new Muppets, the Case of the Stolen Show that they have uh, available in the, the Midship Detective Agency, which the Muppets, I mean, come on, can that get any better? But that's not just, uh, that's something that the entire family can play together because, of course, some of those kids' areas, you're not allowed to, you know, it's not an entire family can go in there so they've really thought it through and did a really good job of coming up with things that families can do together kids can do on their own adults can do on their own again just another wonderful innovation of Disney magic yeah and just a couple of the other things again that separate uh, these areas apart there's a miniature golf course on on goofy sports deck the senses spa and salon uh, again, for adults and women. The kids have their own. There's a chill spa, one for, for teens that has a lot of spa services like facials and manicures. So 
your 13, 14, 15 year old you know, daughter uh, can go and get a manicure, or your, if your son wants to get a mani-pedi, hey, that's fine too. Um, the rotational dining, again, things to do together as a family. Adult dining with Paolo, and of course, I know you're rolling your eyes in a great way at, at Remy, we were just commenting on it being one of our overall best dining experiences ever. The shows in the Walt Disney Theater, the Pirates in the Caribbean on deck, the fireworks, only Disney can, can launch fireworks at sea. Um, the Walt Disney Theater, the point of vista. I'm trying to like, go through all these so things much. in my head. There's so much. Well, let's go back really quickly to the to the dining for a second because oh, I'm getting to the dining sister. Oh, don't I, you? I worry. was gonna say I was amazed that you kind of rolled right over that. But um, one of the, are you new here? Is this the first time you've met me? <laughs> a very pleasant surprise was Animator's Palette. I gotta tell you. I was, I, I, while I enjoy the Turtle Talk with Crush types experience that you have on the Dream, what they have done and what they've reimagined for the animators pad on the Fantasy, I was blown away how that whole thing came together. And I don't really want to give too much away about it, but it really was a great experience, and I felt much more engaged with, with what they've done now than I did previously on the Dream. All right, so let's just get right to the good stuff. Let's get to the dining okay. because it is an important part. And you know, the dining is a great marriage of, first and foremost, Disney storytelling in the, in the, the three different sit-down restaurants, technological innovations, we're going to talk a lot about the technology as well, too, uh, and a sense of a different dining experience. So Animator's Palette is really kind of a, a reimagined version of sort of that, the signature restaurant of the Disney Cruise Line, where it's all about Disney animation, Disney storytelling on the magic and the wonder of the classic ships, the big reveal was how this restaurant was that was draped in all white and black magically turns into color and it blew people away. Incredible. On the Disney Dream, we were given the experience where there's an interactive turtle talk with crush type of experience going on. Again, a completely different theme. And now, because the fantasy is a seven night cruise, they had the opportunity to introduce other kinds of experiences as well. And the new show that I tweeted this out when I was there, it's worth the price of admission. It's worth going on the fantasy to see Animation Magic. It is the second show uh, that is performed really on one evening. And you notice, Becky, the second you sit down that in front of you is a placemat. And on that placemat, you are invited to draw a, a character of your own. They have a very simple outline, a simple template of uh, sort of a, a stick figure with a blue outline. You can draw your character in there, give them facial features, costumes, whatever you want. You put your name, literally put What's your name on it, <laughs> and your stateroom number, and you give it into your server, and you don't, you don't see it again until they appear on screen. And I'm gonna post a video in over at www.radio.com slash fantasy. Again, not revealing too much, but I will tell you and I'm a tech guy, and I was blown away. And you'll hear on the video, the, first of all, the restaurant goes silent, and then there's gasp, and it's, oh my God, oh my God, that's mine! Because everybody's, everybody's figure is seen on screens around your table and literally comes to animated life. 
and the funny part is, is a lot of people, when I sat down and looked at it, I went, I'm not a drawing person. I, I can barely draw a stick figure if I tried. But don't worry about that because you just make a little guy and it shows up and it's magical. So you don't have to be talented because uh, I certainly wasn't. And it was one of those things where you saw your your drawings show up and yes the the oxygen came out of the room because everybody was so excited to see what they had created up on the screen it was beautiful in what they did with the tech and i still have no idea and i don't even want to know how they did it with the technology of animating all these figures but they pull them not into blank canvases but to scenes from a lot of memorable Disney and Pixar anime films, a lot of food-themed scenes, which is a, <laughs> even a better marriage for me. And so to see your character dancing with Donald or in a scene from the from Be Our Guest, right. it, it's nothing short of spectacular. It was perfect for you because everything was all about the food. It really was. The different. There were so many different throwbacks to some of the classics, too, that people were kind of looking and going, what characters? Oh, yeah. And it, it really did inspire a lot of conversation between families and what they saw and their memories. And it was, it was a wonderful show that really got you engaged. And there was, you know, one of the most fun aspects was sort of the finale where you see your name, the way you wrote it, as, and you're giving credit. You are given credit as an animator, your placemat now comes back as a certificate with a gold seal proclaim proclaiming you as an official Disney animator. I was as giddy as my children about it. Yeah, I was too. I, I saw somebody walking around with it and I thought, oh, well, that must have been the one that won. <laughs> but no, everybody gets that little sticker and it's, it's really incredible. And again, too, it is also about the food and the, the sort of the spectacular decor was matched by the food. Um, the nice thing about Disney dining on the cruise is that you don't, you're not restricted to just a couple of items on the menu. If you want to, and trust me I did, order two appetizers, order two entrees, because when you have things like corn three ways and popcorn soup, roasted red snapper, beef wellington, uh, chicken, corn salsa and chicken <laughs> coated with garlic cheese popcorn. Seriously? That, that popcorn soup, oh my gosh, they, they served the soup with popcorn on the side. You put the popcorn in the soup and then you, uh, that was, as, it doesn't sound like it would go together and it magically somehow does. <laughs> it was amazing. It was magically delicious. And, and again, it's one of those things like I wanted to go back to Animator's Palette every day because I enjoyed the experience so much. But again, rotational dining, you do switch restaurants every, every evening and like the Disney Dream, the Disney Fantasy also has their version of Enchanted Garden, again, uh, that sort of uh, outdoor French Versailles kind of restaurant that also goes through transformations between day and night. Pretty much the same as it is on the Disney Dream. The other sit-down restaurant that you'll do in Royal, that you'll do in rotational dining uh, is called the Royal Court. And this is a little bit more of an upscale, lavish type of restaurant really fit for it. Now, it's the Royal Palace on the Dream, it's the Royal Court here, but it really takes sort of the elegant dining from the Disney fairy tales, from the Disney princesses. And the theming here is a little bit different. It was inspired by things like Cinderella and Snow White and Beauty and the Beast and Sleeping Beauty. Um, the first thing that you notice when you walk in is that center court area, that incredible chandelier that's right in the middle. and it's the little details here that, like the Royal Palace, 
the um, all, all the lighting fixtures are modeled after Cinderella's coach. There's incredible uh, mosaic tile murals, like what you see in the middle of Cinderella Castle, that are around the entire room. A lot of little details and embellishments that sort of sell that. And it's not sort of a, in a an overly feminine kind of way, but a, a very sort of uh, elegant fairy tale dining setting. Right, you definitely do feel very much more of an upscale feel in there. And it is the detail. And I was kind of counting the, the slippers around the room and the coaches around the room. And it um, it really does have a, it's all about the princess feel there, which I really, really enjoyed that dining room in particular. Because you are in fact a Disney, I am the unknown Disney princess, <laughs> Becky Mankin. But I was as excited I was about to eat. And the food there I thought was, uh, that's what we ate on the last night, and it's that continental French-style cuisine. There was lobster, jumbo shrimp, escargot, rack of lamb, an amazing beef tenderloin. Uh, but I was really looking at the details that Disney puts in here. So the chandeliers and the chair backs and the, 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 the tops of the columns all sort of are evocative of Beauty and the Beast. And the chairs are like thrones, like a... Um, sort of a, like something you would have seen in Cinderella. Yeah, and you do have that, that palace appeal to it. And I really saw the detail in there. Like I said, the light fixtures and the, the chair backs and um, down to the bread baskets. And I mean, everything really does have an opulent feel. And I just want to quickly mention, like the dream, they also have casual dining in Cabanas. Flo's VA Cafe, one of my favorite places <laughs> to go right there on deck 11. Um, I also, and I'm not an ice cream buy, but I spent way too much time at Mike Wazowski's Ice Cream Treats and Frozone Treats. Yeah. Where is my super suit? Yeah. You spotted the chocolate banana, and I thought you were going to turn into an eight-year-old right there. I, I thought that we had lost you. Which would have been a step up for me. Yeah, we, we, we thought we were going to lose you for all food, all time, and just find you with your head underneath the spout of the, the chocolate banana ice cream. That is such a convenient location. So you can just step up, get yourself a cone, or get yourself a little cup, which is kind of... It's a good thing and a bad thing for those of us who would like to eventually be aqueduct ready because it's always right there. And uh, the other thing on the, the Flo's Cafe, that's a little hidden gem. A lot of people don't realize it's there. And you can get some great wraps and you can get some great fruit um, cups that are sitting out. And, of course, the pizza and all of the other uh, quick grab-and-go that, that's just around the corner and easy and convenient to grab. Two words. Late night snack yeah. dining, my <laughs> friend. And I know that's more than two words, but I will tell you, one uh, late evening, I came from Europa. I went up top. I had 11 pizzas of pizza, and I watched Pirates of the Caribbean on Funnel Vision. Yeah, and again, it's one of those little things that you can just kind of go, well, you know, I'm kind of hungry, and there's nothing open for dining room. That's available to you, and you just walk up, grab something, and in enjoy the atmosphere. Two other words for oh, you? Boy room service anytime in your cabin <laughs> in your pajamas so it um there is you know people will talk about cruise dining there are options all over the place for every palette again like disney does on land the chefs will come out accommodate and i saw it a number of times even on the media cruise where there was a, a much smaller complement of guests the chefs were coming out and addressing vegetarian, vegan, allergy concerns. They're always great about um, about food allergies or special needs for food. There's also, like the Cove Cafe, go up there, get yourself a coffee drink, and then they have little 
little um, nuggets of wonderful dessert type um, uh, food that's available, and they also have both sweet and savory that you can just grab as just a quick little little treat. Vista Cafe, Cove Cafe, there's food everywhere, pretty yeah. much. Everywhere you need to go, there's food. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, let's sort of talk about one of the things that, for me being the geek, and I think for a lot of people, is the wow factor about the dream. It's the use of technology. You brief, we briefly alluded to it when we talked about animation magic at Animator's Palette, and it's one of those things, it's already, it's, even though the ship has technically not had her maiden voyage yet, it already won the Thea, the um, Themed Entertainment Association Award for ingenious use of technology for animation uh, magic because it's something, like we said, that we've never seen before. But the technology is used throughout the ship. So like the dream, the enchanted art, these 20 plus pieces of art around the ship that look as though they are canvas paintings that come to life. I'm telling you, when you come off the ship, your kids will be touching every piece of art and jumping around in front of it, hoping that they come to life. Um, there's a lot of new pieces of art here, a lot of dual art. So you'll have two pictures side by side that actually work together. Uh, there were some Dumbo ones, there was an Alice in Wonderland one, um, a Pinky Daisy one. Really, really impressive. And how they're integrated into the Midship Detective Agency game, which was for me a really uh, enjoyable surprise. I talked about how the theme parks influence the cruise line as far as bringing interactive entertainment. I think here's an example of the theme of, of the cruise line having an impression on the theme park experience because I think that the Midship Detective Agency certainly influenced the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game in the Magic Kingdom, but now they've added another layer. They saw on the dream, and they, just as they learned with the dream what was working, what needed to be tweaked, they saw that so many adults were using Midship Detective Agency game that they wanted to add another element, another layer another of storytelling and one that would resonate really well with adults, and, and that certainly is Muppets, because we grew up with it. A lot of the humor that is, is missed by kids is very much adult-oriented, uh, as far as some of the jokes, and they now have the case of the stolen show, in addition to uh, the paintings and the, puppy and the missing puppy cases. And I will tell you, Becky, it, it's in typical, traditional Muppet fashion. It's fun, it's hysterical, uh, Peppy okay is is awesome and they've added elements to the game that are not just visual in the interactive screens but in different elements of the ship too and let we let without spoiling it too much let's just say that some of the Muppets even have their own cabins on board as well and they too like to decorate their doors. I, I did hear that, and I, I heard that you could also call a cabin or two and get an interesting conversation, but I have not actually played the game with the Muppets yet, but I will tell you, I was running around the ship because of course we were at a conference while some of you guys were working hard. Don't do air quotes when you say working. <laughs> working hard in air quotes, and uh, going up and down the stairs, those uh, pieces of animated art are going all the time, so it's incredibly popular. And you would see the change from the puppies to the, the Muppets. I, I actually saw a couple of families who were playing both of them at the same time. So it really is an ingenious piece to bring to see. And it's self-paced. It, it, depending on how you want to play it, if you do it straight through, it takes about 60, 70 minutes to do each adventure. So it's a great thing to do while you're at sea. I, when we did the dream, I didn't get off 
in Nassau, I played that on board. Your kids can do it on their own. Listen, they can't go anywhere, so you don't have to worry about the kids. Adults play on their own. It's a great sort of community building thing for the family because you get your map and you get your clues and you get to, you really have to solve the mystery because it does change all the time. So you can, there is a, a repeatability factor to it. But it's that level of, the, the technology sometimes is, uh, it's passive, but oftentimes it's very much interactive in that case. We talked about uh, the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab, where they have that turtle talk with Crush sort of living character type initiative. It's actually uh, plussed up again tier two because they also have Stitch from Lilo and Stitch on this 103 inch plasma screen that the kids can get very much up close to and much like Turtle Talk with Crush on the Dream and in the parks, the kids feel as though, and they, because they are talking to those two characters. Other technology, again, present on both ships, the magic porthole. Yeah. Your inside stateroom becomes a somewhat out, and people almost want those, you see as an agent, how yeah. much they want those more. As a matter of fact, that is definitely the number one, besides the suites, the number one cabin people go for. So you'll actually see in many cases, an ocean view stateroom selling for less than inside because they are so in demand. And if you've seen them on the dream, you'll see characters like Dumbo, you'll see um, uh, Peach from Finding Nemo, but they added some additional characters as well too. So I had a chance to see um, Rapunzel sort of swinging by uh, from Tangled, <laughs> Mr. Potato Head, Scuttle and Flounder from Little Mermaid, maybe a few other ones as well too. I mentioned quickly the Oceans Club and Lab, that magic play floor that I had a chance to actually interact with is a brilliant use of technology. It's not, it, Imagine Saturday Night Fever dance floor plussed up to make it as though it's a, a, a play screen that you can now interact with. They put sort of touch pads at the end. You can walk on, dance on, you can play games with other members of the team. Um, it's in both spaces. It's both the Oceaneers Club, Oceaneers Lab. There's 16 pads around the floor and there's monitors all over that are integrated on this grid to respond to the kids' movements. Uh, the games are tied to the Disney story. So we played a Princess and a Frog game. There was a Peter Pan game. There was a Tron game, which I, they really, they had to drag me kicking and screaming from. But again, it's that, it's not that they're dropping kids in front of technology, a computer screen. The youth counselors there who are outstanding um, make it an interactive experience. They also sit with the kids. They use them to tell stories with kids. They use them to, dare I say, teach your kids without them even realizing there's a lot of great Epcot-ish edutainment going on there as well. But we as adults also get a sense of that as well. And again, sometimes it's a little more passive. And we talk about Enchanted Art because one of my favorite adult venues there is Skyline. Um, here it's themed after Europe and that entire Europa district there. And the walls you don't almost realize their screens because every 12 to 15 minutes or so, they change to nighttime bird's eye views of different skylines like Paris, London, Florence, Athens, uh, Barcelona, Budapest, and I believe St. Petersburg. And so depending on where you are, you see these incredible vistas that actually are not, they're not videos. They're photographs that Disney sent photographers out that spent weeks there to get just the right shot and then are digitally animated. And because we're all little kids at heart, 
if you look really closely, um, pre preferably before your first few drinks, <laughs> you might find a little bit of whimsical Disney magic and a few familiar characters in there as well. Yeah. Very, very small. Yeah, you get that. Plus, if you look closely, you'll see vehicles that are going up and down the streets and windows where lights turn on, on and off. It is really like you are at the top of a skyscraper in that city looking out over the, the city skyline. And it is absolutely gorgeous. And it's a wonderful, relaxing um, bar with a, an interesting menu of choices in their martinis. So what I really like about the whole district is that it's supposed to be a, uh, modeled after you bar hopping in different places in Europe. And every single uh, venue has its own specialty, its own feel, its own flavor. And that's flavor in terms of its ambiance and its music and its people and its drinks. So I gotta say, I, I did really like this this upgrade. This is an upgrade to um, to from the dream. I do enjoy obviously the uh, the adult area in the dream, but this was definitely reimagined and and plussed up. Yeah, and it's a different experience, but it's consistent in that it's a place for guests who are 18 and older to have their own secluded areas. The kids have ownership of the club and the lab. The teens have edge and vibe. Adults have places like Europa and their own, look, we talked about places like their own dining venues, their own spa, their own pools and sun decks and the Cove Cafe. But at night is really where Europa comes to life. It was the district on the Disney Dream. And here's all, like you said, it's meant to be, and you really get a sense like you are traveling throughout Europe because there are a number of clubs. So, and this was uh, where I think that Disney did a really good job of making some tweaks based on what they saw, guest flow, guest preferences. So the layout of the area in the district is a little different now. Now, instead of going into that main sort of central area, there's an area called La Piazza. It's, it's modeled after this Italian plaza. There's a, a bar themed after an Italian carousel. Uh, there's Venetian masks. My favorite thing there, and I gotta, I'll post a picture of it, is there's a classic 1964 Vespa with the sidecar there. That, of course, is a great photo opportunity. Mm -hmm. The later the evening goes, the better the opportunity for photos are. Um, and there's live entertainment in there. So it's a great place to sort of casually hang out. There's some secluded little booths off to the corner. But that sort of acts as, think Magic Kingdom. It's that hub and spoke, because from there, you can reach Skyline. We talked about this. It's very much that sky bar, very sort of chic, very upscale uh, feel to it. You also, a new venue is O'Gill's Pub. And O'Gill's, I'm, I'm just waving you off. O'Gill's, here's your little, again, it's made for adults, mm -hmm. but there's always a little touch of Disney in there. It's Darby O'Gill and the little people. So it's O'Gill's Irish Pub. It's a typical sort of rollicking Irish bar with some modern twists, a little Disney whimsy. Take a look at the sconces on the walls or they're shaped like a fish. Um, a lot of different beers on tap. It's sort of like the sports bar for right. like 687. Um, so if you want to go in and catch your favorite football or baseball, basketball game, whatever it is, soccer, we call it football, whatever, um, it's on there as well too. Yeah, I really did enjoy that location. It was a fun venue to hang out in. And what I really liked most of all is that when you get into the venues, you don't have windows that look out into the other, into the hallways or the other locations. So you're really immersed in the story of the venue that you're in. 
where, you know, you would walk, before you would walk in and you would kind of look around, you'd be able to see in and out and the doors close behind you when you walk in now and you are really in that story. And I, I think that that was a, a really good plus up that they did. And O'Gill's is nice because depending on when you go in, it's sort of a, a place that's sort of, it's it's the, like an Irish bar, a place to sort of hang out with friends and chat in a pub-like environment. A what I did see though is they also had live entertainment in there mm -hmm. at one point and they had Irish dancers and they were putting on almost like a streetmosphere type show in there, uh, which was a lot, it was unexpected because I didn't know that, I wasn't expecting that in there. One of the other changes, so the Disney Dream had pink, a champagne-inspired <laughs> bar there. Uh, here, it was French-inspired, so when in France, ooh la la, and that's exactly what they call it. And it's inspired by a French boudoir, and it's uh, it, it has a very uh, deep, rich sense of mm -hmm. elegance to it. There's the, the like a Louis XIV chaise lounges, um, and the bar, instead of being very sort of bright pink and bubbly, it's inspired by a jewelry box. And here, simple technology, I call it the, the Pepper's Ghost effect, a simple technology that they use with mirrors and lights behind the bar to make those bubbles, those, those hand-blown glass balls look as though they are floating in midair. It was, it was a feast for the eyes in that place, really, because you walk in, and it's really rich. It's very rich. And again, the word opulent keeps coming to mind when you think about ooh la la. You walk in, the doors close behind you, and they have these, and if you can explain it any better than I can, chairs that you probably shouldn't sit in if you've had one or two too many. Because the backs of them kind of flex, but they're bright red, and everything is just very, very... Um, it pops. Everything in there pops is a good way to put it. And of course, they have the menu from from Pink, so it's a lot about champagne. And and a lot of people don't realize that um, these are also full bars as well. So you can order off the menu, or they can bring you something that is more to your taste if you prefer. And you're right. Each one is themed, and there is a special drink menu for each of the bars. Um, and we'll we'll sort of touch on that a little bit. But there's one more uh, location in there <laughs> as well favorite. too, and it certainly is your favorite. On the Disney Dream, the high-energy nightclub, where I spent very much amount of time in the late evenings doing research, was Evolution. And here, it's the Tube. And it's sort of that, you know, that hot, hip London club uh, where, whether you are a dancer or in our case not, um, <laughs> they've got this high-tech sort of union jack dance. Well, again, high-tech that's almost invisible to you about the glass blown bulbs and the lighting up top, but you feel as though you are in the London underground and there's a, a little, look, it's a simple to throw away detail yeah. that you love so much. I do, I can't help it. It's, it. It is modeled like you are sitting in the tube. You are on a subway car in, in London and any bar that next to the seat has a handle to hold on to so you don't fall over is good in my book. But it it has a really, it's all red and silver and white and, and it has that whole London feel. And up on stage there are telephone booths like you find in the UK that people go in and dance in. And I mean, it really does, they've done a great job in this one. They really have. And you don't have to be a dancer there because again, it's about entertainment. And with seven days, the Fantasy Now has opportunity to do more with venues like that. Please stop dancing. So they also have show experiences. They've got something called Pop, which is an interactive trivia game. They've got London Rocks, which is sort of a, uh, they have dancers come up on stage doing 
a lot of uh, dancing to typical English rock, the Beatles and, and, and going forward. Um, there's a lot of different specialty cocktails that are there. They have um, match your mate kind of games. So if you're there with, um, when, it, when you were there, whether you've been married for 30 years or there was a couple that was up that met 10 minutes earlier, <laughs> it definitely is, um, it definitely is a lot of fun, uh, what they do in all those little Plus, things. I really love the menus that sit on the tables because it's very loud in there and it's hard to kind of get somebody's attention. They have this neat little uh, button on the side of the menu that stands upright. You hit the button, it turns red, which basically tells the servers that you need a beverage. You just, you literally just kept your finger on the button all night long, which, which I thought was really not fair to all the other patrons wow, who were there. Really? Okay. Um, but yeah, and so, but places like Skyline, like the menus are backlit, yeah. so it's easy to read. Each menu has cocktails specifically created that are inspired by the venue or an oolong inspired by champagne. In La Piazza, they've got, you know, Proseccos and Peroni beer and white and wine wines. They have grappa and limoncello. So depending on where you go, you do have a different experience. So it does sort of invite you to tour Europe via the bars and pubs. And look, even if you're not a drinker, they also have non-alcoholic cocktails. Mm -hmm. They have things that are going on so you can enjoy the venues just simply enjoying it with other adults. Because people, I'm sure you see it too, you know, we're just a couple, we don't have any kids. I, I don't want to go on the Disney cruises. There's nothing but screaming kids running around all the ship, and that is very much not the case. And I, I, that's one thing where Disney has done a really good job here. They have created a a cruise vacation that allows people to have that cruise experience and an adult-only experience, but still have that Disney difference and the Disney magic. So you have the, the Disney characters that you can uh, go and see and visit, but they're not always in your face. You're not running around the decks and all of a sudden there's a character there. So they've done a good way of balancing a cruise vacation that appeals to families and adults and the theme park goer without as a matter of fact, I was with somebody that turned around and said, it was his very first cruise, and he said, you know what, the food on here is amazing. All I had in my mind was theme park food. And so this is one of those little things that we can help to, uh, to communicate to people that you're not going to get chicken nuggets, only unless you want them. Um, there's other things like the Remy's and the Polos and, you know, the wonderful um, uh, adult entertainment experiences as well. So there's a lot to be had for everybody. And I tell people who are Disney enthusiasts who may not be cruise enthusiasts or they don't know, so you know, this is what I think that Disney did on this ship so well. We love, look, we all, everybody who's hearing this loves Disney. We love the theme parks, we love the films, whatever it is. And maybe it's that fear of what the cruise experience is going to like for adults. And look, we saw it even on our cruise last year. We were talking about how many of the people who came weren't families. They were solo couples. I mean, they were solo adults. They were couples, they were older families, whatever it may be, because you've got an area as an adult to play. You've got this nighttime play area. You want to indulge yourself in a real high-end experience. You've got Remy, you've got Paolo, you've got Meridian, again, a high-end bar, only accessible to adults. You want to relax, you've got the Census Spa and Salon, a full-blown salon. I think there's a health club in there. I don't, if I try and stay, I'm allergic to health clubs. But you've got the rainforest, these spa villas, uh, again, the gym that clearly I've never seen before. But now too, you've got the adult areas outside. You've got the quiet cove pool and they've added some more features. They added another small pool on deck 12. They repurposed the areas. They realized that, that adults want more shaded room. So there's some great shade spaces up there. Um, the satellite sun deck, 
in the front of the ship, which I actually got to spend a little bit of downtime in, is a great use of space. Nobody, you know, was up there, but they have a new water feature. We're talking about water features for, for kids and families. It's an adult-only area, and they have something called Satellite Falls, and the large sort of dome-like, think small versions of Spaceship Earth where the satellites are in the front. They utilized their presence on deck and made a water play area out of it. So now they've got the Satellite Falls, which is a circular splash pool with benches around the satellite and sort of a gentle falling curtain of rainwater mm -hmm. that you don't have to sort of go swimming in. You sit there, you put your feet in, you can go inside the rain curtain if you want and sort of look out to it. It's nice and cool up there. You're blocked from the wind. Um, really, really, and you'll be happy to know there's waitress service too. Well, this is a great example of one of the, the things that the, uh, the Disney folks came back with feedback and said, okay, when we do the fantasy, we need to add a couple of areas for adults. Like you said, wanted more shade, wanted some more places to go, because they really did only have that one pool that's that's on the on deck 11. And so they added the satellite falls. They also added what I'm calling the foot foot dipping pool, which is like right above, because it, it really is. It's a place to sit and relax, put your feet in the water, and um, it's not too far from the lounge. Okay, I'm just saying it's not too not the the outdoor bar. But they've done a really good job of of finding those little places that maybe weren't so utilized on the dream and turning it into places that made uh, people go, wow, this is a nice experience, a little out of the way corner where I can really relax. And, you know, there's more too. If you stay on concierge lounge the, uh, level, there is a, a concierge only lounge. There's a concierge only pool up there as well too. So if you really want that type of indulgent high-end experience, that level is there for you too. We talk about the adults, we talk about the kids. We briefly mentioned the teens and tweens. Again, Vibe has their own sort of, obviously non-alcoholic bar with sodas, juice, and smoothies. There's a media room. There's lots of technology in there. There's a dance club specifically for teens. In Edge, which is for the tweens 11 to 13, again, they're all into technology, interactivity. They're not just plopping them down in front of uh, screens, but there's individual computing stations, so if they do want to sort of play games or use some social media applications where they can interact with other teens and tweens who are on board ship in a safe type of environment. Uh, there's a video wall, again, dance floor. They have their own uh, areas for them to, to relax and, and play in their own spa as well, too. But I think, Becky, when you think Disney, whether it's theme parks or films or whatever, it is, um, it's about family fun, right. right? It's about family fun, and I, I want to talk about um, a, a couple of things that they can do in the evenings that really impressed me um, on this ship, but something else that they've added, and again, I sort of talk about the, the theme park influence on the ship, they utilized a space that very well may have been underutilized in, for meeting rooms on deck five, and in what I can only call a brilliant move because my daughter, of course, had to go there <laughs> and we loved it, was the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique. They bring that experience on board ship where your daughter can go in and get made up like a princess, just like she can do in the theme parks. Your boy can get the royal treatment and in a, you know, in an animator's palette-like switch on Pirate Night, it becomes the Pirates League. 
And that's what we did. My kids became pirates on Pirate Night. Yeah, and it's and the, for the Pirates League, it's not just for the kids. The adults can also get made up, unlike the Bippity Boppity Boo, which of course that's for the kids. But this allows for the entire family to partake in the fun, turn into pirates for the night all together, and then enjoy Pirate Night, which I think that is a brilliant move on their part. And, you know, that whole Pirate Night experience, you know, that's what I was starting to allude to was, it's things, we, we can't have jokingly about kids sometimes reluctantly go to the Oceans Club and Lab because they think that they don't want to leave their parents and then you never see your children again in a good way because they're having so much fun. I tell I, the same boring story all the time about when we were on the Dream for the first time and my daughter was in, uh, my son was in the nursery, the small world nursery for the, for the young ones, which was a, a, a great thing for the little ones to be able to go into. We went to go pick up my daughter for dinner and she didn't want to come out. And my wife and I walked out and we looked at each other like, well, now what do we do? We're not used to being, a, it's just adult time. Yeah, and we hear that all the time from clients that come back. They're like, well, you know, I had a great time, but my kids, I thought I was going to have this great experience with my kids and they didn't want to leave the kids clubs, which that's a double-edged sword, I guess. But it, it really is, it's, it's testament to how well they have put this whole experience together. But it is about the family time, and there are things going on all day and night, every day, something different. And again, with the fantasy, now they have more opportunities to do a lot of different things. I'm the kind of person that there's obviously two seatings for dinner. There's an early seating and a late seating. I'm a dinner and a show kind of guy as opposed to a show than dinner. Especially when you have young kids, you'll find more kids in the earlier seating. But there's a lot to talk about that, so the, the dinner and the show idea, because... Uh, before or they go before or after your meal, the Walt Disney Theater, which is a Broadway quality uh, style theater, again sort of harkening back to that um, old New York style opulent theater, has a number of different shows. And now with seven days, they were able to bring new ones on. So there was Disney's Believe, which was on the um, on the Dream, and then there's also the Welcome Show. There's a, a farewell show fantasy come true, an unforgettable journey, but they're able to bring two new shows on here. One of them was Disney's Aladdin, musical spectacular, which was hysterical. If you've seen the Disneyland California Adventure version, similar but different. They tweaked it a lot for the time, the location, and, and of course the story. The genie steals the show. You've got to make sure that you see it. Um, and Wishes. Uh, Wishes is one of the new ones, exclusive to the fantasy, and it's one of those you know, always be a kid at heart kind of thing. Um, and you, it's one of those things, Becky, that like many places on the ship, you forget that you're on a cruise. Right. Uh, it There's a theme park connection. And I don't want to sp spoil the story, but there's a theme park connection to it. There is uh, uh, lots of references and music and dancing from a lot of classic Disney films too. Yeah, and it's got that Broadway quality to it. All of these shows really do have, uh, it's not just something that they throw some people up on a stage, like if you've cruised before on other cruise lines, you get the, the typical cruise line entertainment. This is the Broadway quality, the, the full costuming, the music, all of the, um, the emotion that, they, that Disney's so good about putting in their, uh, in their entertainment from the commercials to the theme parks to everything else they do, you find it here. And it's not just a... Um it's not just something that takes place on stage, it takes place all around you. And again, I don't want to spoil it for you, but 
you know, I went with my family and I, and I was watching the reactions of my family and the guests as much as I was watching the performance. And it's in a, they're all, all the stories are evocative. And then when you see characters like Rapunzel and there's Lilo and Stitch and Pinocchio, I mean, Pinocchio very much, Pinocchio gets down with his bad self in, <laughs> in this. Uh, it's an yeah. updated version of some of those classic stories. But some of these, I would say, like, especially for Believe, and for um, and, and for wishes, possibly, bring tissues. <laughs> if, if you are one of those people that when you hear the horn go, which of course the, the ship's horn does several things, not just one or two songs now. Um, if you're one of those that has a little bit of a teary eye or gets something in your eye, maybe there, Lou, when you hear that, you should probably bring tissues to the theater. I cannot believe that Becky Menken has actually ever cried. Wow. But anyway, <laughs> but so yeah, so there is that sort of family entertainment the Broadway shows inside the theater. Uh, there's also, there are, you can also go to the movies at C2. And they have a 400 seat, this is where sort of that Art Deco theme comes in, uh, Buena Vista Theater, which is a super high tech Disney digital 3D movie theater where they show 3D films. John Carter of Mars was playing. A lot of first run movies were actually playing there. But if you want to do stuff out on deck, there's tons of stuff going on. There's the Sail Away Party, the Pirates in the Caribbean, uh, and of course the thing that Disney does that no one else can do is the, the fireworks at sea. Right. But there's games that are going on. You go into the D-Lounge and they've got you know uh, a family dance party, a Monday Night Football type of game. We went and played Pirate's Life for Me, an interactive Pirates game. My kids were picked as the captain and first mate. It, we, we laughed. We got teary-eyed because they had such a good time, and we all did together as a family. And they do a really good job of bringing families together, and not to sort of get teary-eyed and weepy about it, but, you know, I connected with my family again um, in a different way on this ship because of the things that we were able to do together, and I know that I was not the only one. Yeah, I, I see that all the time, where you just see the mom that's, that's watching the kids, and especially in those interactive experiences, where you, you're actually you know, watching them grow up and enjoy themselves, and you're, you're walking away with memories that will last forever. And so one of the other, uh, speaking about family time together, one of the other additions uh, and changes to the, the fantasy from the dream takes place outside. We think about the, the, the dream and the fantasy, one of the first things that comes to mind is aqueduct, right? Playing outside, being on deck 11. Now they repurpose an area, again, very much underutilized on the dream, which was a, a bar behind the aqueduct called Waves. They've now moved that to a different section on deck 11, but brand new to the fantasy is the Aqua Lab. And it's an 1,800 square foot water play area with pop jets and geysers and bubblers. They create a backstory to it so that Huey, Dewey, and Louie are sort of controlling the aqueduct and you can adjust, quote unquote, the speed and the temperature and the cleaning and there's a boat that leaks. Think about the, the valley in um, uh, Aulani, in sort of that play area in Aulani that, where you don't have to sort of immerse yourself through but you walk through, you can play, you can get wet really was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was, again, another one of those spaces on the Dream that was very underutilized. They were talking about it when we were on the Dream, saying, well, you know, this it's kind of hidden and no one knows it's here. I can guarantee you that with all the things that are going on in Aqualab, it's definitely utilized on the fantasy. And, uh, again, if your kids want to go out and play some sports, there's a sports deck on, on deck 13. There's the miniature golf course we talked about before. 
the basketball, volleyball court, ping pong, foosball. There's a, I think that there's a, I saw some people running and walking again. Definitely, <laughs> I think I was at Cabana's the buffet when I saw them going by, but they also have a virtual sports simulator um, on deck 13 where you can go in and there's a golf one where they will measure your swing and sort of play this interactive golf game or you can play interactive soccer or football or baseball for kids, teen, tweens, adults. Again, great utilization of space and technology. And I think, Becky, that's one of the things I really walked away with the crews from. As far as the differences was the different uses of space, um, the enhancements of technology, um, we talk about the dream being familiar but different from the magic and wonder. Very much the same here on the fantasy. It's very familiar. They are sister ships, identical in size, tonnage, layout for the most part, except some of those other areas that they tweaked a little bit, which gives the fantasy a whole different feel. I think what they did is they took all of the great things that were on the Disney dream, took the guest feedback, found the spaces that they could utilize and then plussed it up. So this is like, this is the dream 2.0 in a lot of ways. And I think they've done a fantastic job of identifying the places that they needed to provide a little bit more space. They figured out how to do that, they implemented it, and we've got a really good ship here. Well, I look at it not necessarily as um, enhancements to the dream, because I, I will tell you, and maybe it's just because how can you have nostalgia after a year? But like, <laughs> the dream was the first of these this new class of ships that I went on, and I really feel an attachment to it. We went on before; we're going again in November. But I think when with a seven-night itinerary, they had an opportunity to create some additional offerings because now you're spending a lot more time on board ship. You have more days at sea, obviously, even the days at Castaway Key. So, by adding additional shows, the boutique the different feel with Europa, the things like the Aqualab, and yeah, maybe you're gonna be spending more time on deck, maybe you do want some shaded areas. Here's another, if you've been on the Dream, here's another game to play with the Muppets. Um, here's a different type of experience in Animator's palette as far as what's there. Um, the things that work well are, again, consistent. The water play area, something for family. Still so much to do on board, either by yourself or with the lead of Disney. Look, you take your navigator, and we've got your navigator, and they've got an entire litany of items in a grid for things that you can do from seven o'clock in the morning past midnight. So whether you wanna do character stuff, or family stuff, or adults, or movies, or whatever it might be, there's a lot to do. And I think that's what the fantasy affords us as guests and Disney enthusiasts is another option, right? It's another option, so whether you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm ready to do a longer cruise. I want to try something a little different. I've been on the dream. I think the dream is a great, especially entry point for new cruisers who might say, you know what, I'm not sure if I'm going to like cruising seven days, it's a long time. Or maybe I want to do a land and sea. I can do three, four, or five nights on the dream. But if you love cruising, if this is the way you like to vacation, there is a lot more to do. So now it's just another option. Yeah, and a lot of people ask us, um, I haven't cruised before, I'm kind of nervous about it, not exactly sure. Starting with that three and four day is a, is a great starting point. On a three day cruise, it's a wonderful experience, but do a four day because you really can have a little bit extra time. That day at sea allows you the time to enjoy the things on the ship. You, I would really highly encourage you to do a four day over a three if you possibly can. And if you're fearful, like, well, what if I don't like cruising, I'm telling you, that you're gonna love it and then be like, why didn't we book the four day? Because you're gonna feel like as though 
you just got on and now you got off. Exactly. And so again, obviously the difference too, not only the duration of the cruise, it's the destinations as well. And sometimes that's the driving factor. And so the fantasy, like the dream, sails out of Port Canaveral, seven night, goes to the Caribbean and it alternates between Eastern and Western. So Eastern goes to St. Martin and St. Thomas. Western goes to Grand Cayman, Costa Maya and Cozumel. There are a couple of special sailings uh, later on this year in St. Thomas and San Juan, Puerto Rico. And of course they all stop at Castaway Key, which is my favorite uh. part of the cruise. <laughs> The part of the cruise that I don't like, you're oh, looking at me wow, with surprise. Really? Oh, well, here you go. Going home? Here, why do you got a ruiner <laughs> for me? You're the worst setup man ever. The, the part of the cruise I don't like is, it's time to, here's the announcement, noon, noon, noon. It's time to start packing your bags and put them out the night before. But one thing that we forgot to talk about was when it is coming to the end of your cruise, like the Disney theme parks, there are photographers everywhere on board ship well, not everywhere, I mean, not in. Oh, I didn't mention the restrooms, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but the restrooms in the adult oh, area. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I've never taken photographs or video of the restrooms, but I will post them at www.radio.com slash fantasy because they are Spanish-inspired and beautiful tile. Stunning. But yeah, so the, the end of your cruise is the worst part, but Disney does a great job of helping you with the photography, whether it's, oh, look, my, they, a photographer came by the beach and took pictures of my kids playing in the water, don't make me get all teary, playing in the water at Castaway Key. And when you go to Shutters, it's a place to sort of be able to see all of your photographs. But again, great utilization of technology. Your card, which is not only your charging privileges card, it gives you access to your room. It also gives you access to all of your photographs because they're attached to your stateroom on that card. You can hold it up to an RFID sensor. It'll tell you where your physical photos are that you pull them out of, again, an old-style leather-bound book, or they've repurposed another area, which looks like the interior of the Tantave Four for all you Star Wars fans. <laughs> it really does. Captain, tear the ship apart. I want these plans. Um, <laughs> it looks like, the, but it's a high-tech, beautiful white area where you go and you sweat. Look, we're, we're tech people now, right? We're used to seeing things online. We want to do it ourselves. You swipe your card. There's a touch screen, and you can access your photos. You can, and then do whatever you need to do with them. Have them email, have them put on a CD, whatever it may be. You can even play an interactive game right outside with a touch screen. You, you, you didn't I did see that. I did not know that. Between no. shutters and the D lounge, it's brand new. You swipe your card in front of it, and there's a touch screen, a 100 inch plasma screen that you touch, and you can play games, memory games, and matching games with your photos right out there. And again, of wow. course, choose them and bring them home. And again, Disney does an exceptional job of cap helping you capture those memories because sometimes you forget your camera or you want to be in the picture. So whether it's character pictures, castaway key, pirate pictures, um, you can't help sometimes walking away with one or more as I raise my hand. <laughs> it is one of those things that they've, another service they provide on board. So, you know, you go with your family and you like to have everybody in the family in the photo. So for them to be able to provide that type of service to take those photos for you, make it easy for you to access those photos, pick the ones you want to do. And then of course, just add a little technology to make it a little bit more fun than just to kind of look along a wall and, and pull your photos off a wall. So they've done a great job there too. Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I went into the Disney fantasy expecting it to be the Disney dream with a longer itinerary, honestly. Um, and I said, okay, well, there's some, when I walked in, I said, well, there's some architectural changes, there's some color palette changes. 
And this is where the, the differences are going to, and I was really pleasantly surprised at what a different ship and a different experience it was from the four day. So much so that I said, aha, huh. now I'm thinking about saying, you know what? I want to go on the fast because I want to go on that longer itinerary. I want to spend more time on that ship because there's more to do. Look, I just want to go back to Animator's Palette because <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the, the animation magic show is going to blow people away. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll put some video up that's not going to spoil it too much for you. But, um, and I do have lots of other, I have lots more that I do want to share. I have lots of videos. I took a lot of great interviews with Imagineers who worked on the ship. Uh, my new best friend in the world was the executive chef of the, we, <laughs> I hugged her. I am not kidding. I hugged her and thanked her for all of her work on the cruise. Uh, and we're going to share, I'm going to share a lot of those interviews with you on the show. And again, if you visit www.radio.com slash fantasy, I'll put all the content there. Uh, but I was very impressed at the subtle changes, the more dramatic changes, the additional uses of technology, not so much that it overpowers you, but it, it really enhances what your experiences are on board. I am really looking forward to a seven-day cruise on board the Disney Fantasy. I will tell you that because even being on board for the three days we were on, having had been on the Dream, I still didn't get to see and do everything that was on the Fantasy. So I'm looking forward to spending the time and really enjoying it. Yeah, I am as well. Again, very different type of experience. Um, highly, highly recommend, and something that I'm looking forward to doing. Look, and I, and I applaud Disney again for continually raising the bar uh, in every aspect of that ship, whether it's a water play area, an adult area, the Muppets, the food. Uh, we didn't even sort of review the dining, but that's a whole nother, um Whatever it might be, really, really well done. Um, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, thank you for joining me on board ship today. And look, if you are looking to book a trip where you have questions about rates, again, we didn't even talk about the wide variety of stateroom options, yeah. uh, itineraries, whatever it might be, they can, of course, visit you over at mousefantravel.com. Absolutely. And really quickly about some of the, ca the cabin categories, they have changed up some of the categories. So there's a, a certain category for E that has an extended balcony on it, which is really great for families as well that are going to utilize that balcony. So if you use a Disney specialty vacation planner, they can help you find those the best stateroom that's going to fit your needs and your for you and your family. And the key, and it really is true with Disney, you have to book early. The, the earlier you book, the lower your price. Because with Disney, as the ships fill, the prices go up. There are other cruise lines out there that are the opposite. They can't fill the ship, so they lower prices to try to fill it. That's not the case with Disney. The, the moment that you can decide that you're ready to go, book it, because that's gonna be the best available price for you. And I'm not saying it because you're here, because even if you weren't here, I would say, as somebody who for years booked my own travel, this is one of those times that especially if you've never cruised before, having a travel agent that specializes in this is very, very helpful for the process because there is so much to consider from stateroom to dates to rates to what do I do about my passport? How do I get to there? How do I park there? What do we do? Again, we did a, a review of the dream. I'm going to put the, the dream review in on the fantasy page and the show notes for this week's podcast uh, to get a better understanding of, of what the value, at no extra cost to you, brings to you um, when booking your vacation. Look, I am now more excited than ever, Becky Mankin, for our cruise on the Disney Dream um, this November, November 4th through the 8th. It's that sort of perfect marriage. It's a, it's a great time of year. Um, love the Dream, four-day cruise, Castaway Key. Yep. Of course, we have a very, very special guest exclusive to our group, 
in Richard Sherman of the Sherman Brothers. Uh, he is joining us on board, again, just for our group to share his stories, to hear, share his music. We have lots of surprises in store. If you've cruised with us before, you know kind of what we do. We're already, you're giving me that look like, stop telling them too much. We've got lots of surprises in store as well. And if, for more information, you can visit www.radiocruise.com. Yes, you can. And I, I do want to just throw out a little thing that you just touched upon. A cruise vacation is a very complicated booking to make. And make sure that whoever you use, whatever Disney specialty agent you use, ask them if they have fees. Most of us do not. And, of course, MEI and Mastodon Travel does not charge any fees. So you get all the service, all the expertise, all the help for no additional cost. And sometimes even lower if we can find uh, little benefits that we can throw along the way so don't ever feel that you can't book with a travel agent because you think you're going to get a higher rate or you're going to be charged more because of uh, your booking through a travel agent the, um, the the suppliers take care of our pay so but always ask up front because that's not true with every agency but most of the ones that are Disney specialty are no fee hey look again I'm not saying because you're yeah. with Disney there's a certain expectation level we have with type of service type of quality you guys give that. Your agents, and look, I did a lot of research. I vetted you very, very well. Your agents are also the best huggers, and after seeing them at the tube, clearly the best dancers as well, too. So, yeah, if you have any questions about cruising on, on Disney Cruise or any of the other cruise lines, but you should really just go to Disney, um, you can visit mousefantravel.com. Uh, again, looking forward to our cruise. Thank you again, again for more videos, for interviews with Imagineers, staff, executives, and, and lots more. Visit wdwradio.com slash fantasy. Becky Mankin, thank yeah. you. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And I guess we have to do a seven-day next. Aqueduct in November. You and me? You do the aqueduct in November, and who knows what kind of cruises we'll do in the future. Wait a minute. So, uh, well, okay, I still haven't done the aqueduct. Would you do the aqueduct with me for, for uh, well, uh, it might take. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Be careful. I'm going to get myself <laughs> yeah. in trouble. She will be. So, if even if Richard Sherman doesn't interest you, just come on the cruise to see Becky in the aqueduct. <laughs> That's going to cost somebody some money for the children because. You know how I feel about heights and the aqueduct and getting wet because I, I do have the personality of a wet Persian cat when I get all wet, so that's not good. <laughs> wet Persian cat. No, really. That's an expression I have not heard in a long time. Long time. It's time for our WDW Radio Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where every week I'll pose to you a trivia question about Walt Disney World history or details, maybe ask you to identify a line from an attraction or a song, maybe play a sound clip, ask you where in the world you may have heard this. And so last week, in honor of my interview with composer and conductor Bruce Broughton, who created the score for Spaceship Earth over in Epcot, I asked you a very simple question, which was... Remember how easy it was to learn your ABCs? And so I asked you, according to the narration, who should we thank? And of course, Dame Judy Dench lets us know... Thank the Phoenicians. They invented them. And all of you really know your Spaceship Earth trivia or are all very well versed in Phoenician history. And you all got, in fact, that the answer was Phoenicians. So what I did was I took all the correct answers put them into the randomizer and randomly drew out one name. And this week's winner of the all six audio tours on CD, Main Street Adventureland, Fantasyland, Toontown, Liberty Square, Frontierland, 
a copy of Celebrations Magazine, Issue 1, and a $25 iTunes gift card is Pat Nicholson. Pat, congratulations. Please email me your address. I'll get that prize package out to you right away. If you didn't win last week, that's okay. Thanks for playing, but you have another chance to win starting right now. And since we're talking about the Disney fantasy, let's make it a cruise question. So I told you in this segment this week that in the atrium is a bronze statue of Mademoiselle Minnie Mouse that looks like she just stepped off a luxury liner from the 1920s or 30s. But tell me, what Disney's character statue is in that same location on the Disney Dream? You can email your answers to contest at wdwradio.com. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, April 8th. Happy Easter, by the way. And email it again to contest at wdwradio.com. But maybe you'd like a chance to win a bonus prize. And here is a bonus question. You don't need to get it right, but I wanted to ask another one anyway. And this one, if you get this right, as well as the regular question, you'll also win a $25 Disney gift card. So here is your bonus question. One of the adult locations on the Disney Fantasy is named in honor of a Disney live-action feature film. Tell me what's the name of the venue and the movie it was named after. Again, you don't need to get this one right in order to win the regular prize package, but if you do, you'll get a $25 gift card, and that will be in addition to this week's prize package. Again, because we're talking about the Disney Fantasy, I want to share with you some merchandise that I was able to get when I was on the media cruise last week. So instead of the CDs and the magazine, this week you will win some very special inaugural Disney fantasy merchandise, including a Disney fantasy inaugural champagne glass and a stainless steel water bottle with the inaugural logo. Again, that merchandise only available on the inaugural cruises, not something you can buy in the stores. And I'll also throw in a WW Radio five-year anniversary pin, which, by the way, are almost sold out. You can get those at www.radio.com. So there you go. If you get this week's question about the character statue that's in the look in the atrium on the Disney Dream, you'll win that prize package. If you get the bonus question right, you'll also win a $25 Disney gift card. So good luck, everybody, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Please come by wdwradio.com. Share your comments or questions about the Disney fantasy or the Disney dream by clicking on the link for show number 268. And as I mentioned during the segment, I took a ton of video while on board ship of everything from the adult areas to kids areas, new water play areas, the Muppet Midship Detective Agency game, and lots more. Also, while on board the Disney Fantasy last week, I had an opportunity to sit down with my friend Ridley Pearson, who, as you know, is the author of the Kingdom Keepers series of books, Kingdom Keepers 5 Shell Game, which takes place on board the Disney Dream, is coming out on April 3rd. I had a chance to sit down in an exclusive interview with Ridley about the new book, the new venue, and maybe a few surprises as well. I posted that video over at www.radio.com and in the iTunes feed as well. Also, Kingdom Keepers 5 is going to be the latest book in our WDW Radio Disney Book Club series. So if you've never read Kingdom Keepers before or if you are a Kingdom Keepers fan... 
pick up a copy of Kingdom Keepers 5 and you can read along with us. We'll be having some questions and answers and discussions over on the WW Radio blog. And on Monday, April 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, you can join in a live video chat with Ridley Pearson over at www.radiolive.com. Stay tuned for more information as we get closer. Again, for more information, you can visit www.radiolive.com slash book club, and I'll post a link in this week's show notes as well. I also had a chance to sit down and chat with a lot of Imagineers and people who worked on and for the Disney dream. I'm going to post all those in the next few days over at www.radiolive.com slash fantasy. And of course, if you're interested in cruising with us on the Disney dream this November, We still have cabin space available. Again, Richard Sherman, our very, very special guest of the Sherman Brothers, is going to share his music from Mary Poppins, the Tiki Room, Small World, the theme parks, the movies, and lots more. You can get more information over at www.radiocruise.com. And be sure, if you haven't been there, to check out the new site. We have a number of guest blog posts every day, as well as new videos, our free discussion forums, and lots more. Remember, too, I also want you to be part of the show, so call the voicemail at 407 900-9391 that's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment maybe just calling in from the parks or if you have a question you want me to answer on the air you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com in addition to the podcast and the videos, more of which are coming soon I promise, be sure and join us every Wednesday night at 7.30pm Eastern over at wdwradiolive.com there you can watch and chat ask and answer questions during our live WDW newscast. And of course, if you can't make it live, I'll post the videos on the blog, on YouTube, and the audio in iTunes as well. I always talk to you guys about this being a two-way conversation, you being part of the WDW Radio family, whether you watch in the box, participate in the forums on Facebook or Twitter, whatever it may be. But this is all about community, and there are plenty of other ways that you can meet other Disney fans, whether it's in the forums or in person, So I want to first thank everybody who came to March's Meet of the Month this past weekend over at Downtown Disney, Walt Disney World. Had a great time hanging out by the dock in Downtown Disney and then going over and visiting Disney artist Alex Mayer at the Art of Disney. The next Meet of the Month is going to be Sunday, April 22nd. That's Earth Day, and it's also the opening of Disney's Animal Kingdom. So we're going to have our next Meet of the Month there to celebrate Uh, both Earth Day and the anniversary of Disney's Animal Kingdom. It'll be from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You'll find details, locations, and much more over at www.radio.com slash events, or just visit the main site, click on the events page. You can find it there. Anyone and everyone is welcome, so you can bring the family or come alone. It's a great chance to meet other Disney fans and have some fun in the parks as well. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. Of course, as you know, Becky and her team can help you not only with the Disney Cruise Line, But whether you're coming to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, wherever it may be, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. When you're coming down to Walt Disney World, you want to stay right in the heart of Disney. The Swan and Dolphin has 17 world-class restaurants and lounges. Just ate at Shula's last week. Phenomenal, as always. Blue Zoo, there's the Mandara Spa, lots of other Disney benefits as well. All with the most comfortable beds on property. You can visit them over at swananddolphin.com. Maybe you want something a little bit bigger. Maybe you want a six, seven, eight bedroom home. You can bring the whole family with your own pool and master bedroom, media room, and lots more. Visit our friends over at allstarvacationhomes.com. Also, don't forget to visit celebrationspress.com. There you can subscribe, order back issues, learn a little bit more about Celebrations Magazine, and I'll hint to you that next week, you definitely want to tune in to learn more about what has just been released from Celebrations Magazine. Tim Froster will be joining me then. 
Speaking of hints to next week, I've also been hinting about an event that I've been planning for later on this year. Next week, I will have more details about how and why and where you should be around October 1st, later on this year. You definitely want to tune in to find out more then. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tweet out that you're listening, share links on Facebook or Google Plus or Pinterest or whatever it may be, and please come by. Really helps if you come by and rate and review the show over in iTunes as well. And finally, I want you guys to become inspired to start pursuing your own passions and following your own dreams. Take those little steps, get positive, and always keep moving forward. Dream more, learn more, do more. You will become more. Have a great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Roger Rabbit, and I just wanted to wish all your podcast listeners a very happy Easter. Please go out there and make it a great day. Hey, Lou. This is Billy Lada from the Touch of New Jersey. It's been a while since I've last called in, but I think I'm well overdue for sharing some exciting news that I learned about about a month ago. Um, and I just got done listening to an episode with you and Jim Corcus strolling around Hollywood Studios, and I figured this would be the appropriate time to share that I have been accepted into the Disney College program. It has been uh, quite a while since uh, I last tried to uh, get in, and after patience and some time, uh, the right moment uh, during my college uh, experience has uh, allowed me now to be a part of this. So I will be heading down to Florida in the fall of 2012, and I'm extremely excited. I've been cast the role of a lifeguard. I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like to uh, perform as a cast member, to work for the Disney company, um, and to, of course, to live in Florida. Um, and I, most importantly, look forward to being able to leisurely stroll down the streets of uh, Walt Disney World, just like you and Jim and so many of your other friends do um, very often. Uh, thanks so much, Lou, for all that you do. I can't wait to actually be down there. But in the meantime, over the next few months, I have your episodes and podcasts to listen to uh, to keep me enthusiastic and to keep me going. Uh, thanks for all you do, and take care. Bye. You've got a friend.